All right, welcome everybody. My name is Luis Cavedo, and I'm joined by Matthew Walker. And uh, this is uh, a little collaboration that's uh, called Sheep Wolf, a podcast that, uh, well, it started out as a blog and it became a podcast, but we'll get there. Uh, but just for the sake of introductions, Matthew Walker, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's see. Uh, in three sentences. In three sentences. <laughs> uh, I am the director of two Christian ministries. I live in Central Florida, and I'm probably a good 50 pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I am originally from Puerto, R- Puerto Rico. Uh, I uh, Would you classify me as a nerd? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess You're I like that the mayor category. of Nerdville. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I love podcasting. We'll leave it at that. Uh, we had another attempt with a buddy of mine, but uh, now I get to do it with Matthew Walker. Yeah. Uh, the show is, uh, I don't think I ever told you from this perspective, but the show was originally going to be a blog. Yeah. Of the more, uh, human take on Christian struggles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, it's it's okay to be positive, I think, all the time, and, you know, that's a good perspective to have, but it's sometimes it's not easy to keep that perspective. And oh, yeah. I, your emotions yeah. don't get in check and all that. Right. So, essentially what we're going to do is discuss topics that come up in life. I mean, these aren't exclusively faith-based, but our take is going to be faith-based just because of what we believe. Right. But we're not going to preach at you. We're just going to make you think. Uh, our first episode, we're going to talk. It's titled Broken and Settled. Uh, and the, the topic started from a multiple point uh, or multiple origin points. Um, the movie Zootopia, which we I really enjoyed. My wife and I both enjoyed. Uh, it dealt with specifically through Judy her parents and how they they wanted her to settle not to go to the city become a cop etc cute cute story you know nice life lesson go out and live your dreams but you know it's just it's one of those things that stuck with my wife and I after we walked out of the theater we said oh you know it made us think right uh my own life and relationships I have with people and where I'm at I get asked that question pretty often um you know are you happy are you happy where you're at? What you've achieved? What you will achieve, etc. And uh, and remember, we had the I can't remember the name of the series, but it started out with the VHS tape thing at the at oh church. yeah yeah and uh, it was about broken dreams essentially right and whether you can still live those dreams out right right uh, and and. The cynic in me saw that, and I'm like, "Oh, here we go again!" You know, another one of these series or or or, or things, because you know, well, I am a cynic. I mean, out of yeah. the two of us, I think. I mean, I think oh, we, I, I think I, I think I could battle you out for yeah. that position. Yeah. All right. And I, and I think I become more cynical the longer I live in Central Florida because. Like you go to other cities and you get good service at restaurants and you come here and they just kind of look at you like, oh, it's you again, you know? So I think, I think life and living in a tourist town has made me pretty cynical. So, yeah. Well, 
let's take our cynical view then of of that particular okay. topic. Yeah. Of of what dreams we've had, where we want it to be, etc. So we'll we'll do this question and answer style. I'll ask you, you ask me, okay, same good. question, etc. Okay. So what what was or were your dreams or where did you picture yourself in life? Uh, let's see. Well, my my dream was to my big dream was to train Shamu mm-hmm. when I was like 14. Uh and I saw dolphins when I was 11 at Six Flags uh before all the crazy activists got dolphins pulled out of the parks. Um but I saw dolphins at 11, killer whales at 14, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then life came at me fast, and I forgot about that dream. Or people would, you know, I grew up in Oklahoma, so people would say, there's no ocean here. You can't do a job like that and just, you know, come up with a degree or something that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of put that dream aside uh, wasted four years at a college in Oklahoma State, and then one day I woke up and I was like, "Remember that dream you had?" And I just decided after four years of college that I was going to go after that dream, and I did. So originally, you didn't go to school for marine biology. No, originally I went to school. W- w- which time? <laughs> I changed majors uh, about seven oh, times. Yeah, I think everybody. Yeah, yeah. Goes through that. So I was going to be a journalist. Uh, cause I could write and then I was going to be a reporter and then I was going to be a doctor and then I was going to be a science teacher. Uh, and then finally I was just like, I want to be a marine biologist. And I, I went after it and it didn't No, there wasn't a lot of support for it because people expected you to settle and toe the line and just do what you're told. And I really never fit that mold. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I think your path is definitely more direct than mine. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, you can... What turns did you take? No, it's not so much turns, but you immediately go back and you, you, you can say, okay, I want it to be marine biologist. Yeah. And eventually you did. I yeah. Mean, you, you got to work with SeaWorld. You actually didn't get to work, right? With, yeah, with 15 years I worked at SeaWorld. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking of it, let's go as far back as I can, right? Yeah. And I always... Um, I was a bit of an escapist even back then, you know, that... I think every kid is, but you know, you look at what's influencing you and entertaining you, comic books, cartoons, etc. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm Walter Mitty here and, you know, I sit around daydreaming the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, there's the things you want that you know you're not going to achieve because they're impossible. And then there's the stuff that, all right, these are more attainable goals. Right. So I, I traveled back in time in my mind to the first time I can remember um, at school. They do these. Where do you picture yourself at? 20, 25, oh, 30. Yeah. You know, I hate you, that crap. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, you have to fill it out because it's yeah. Fun. Yeah. And, and I remember, um, I think at the time, I had gotten over the idea of being a doctor. And this was probably third grade. I think it was third grade when okay. I filled it out. Third grade, yeah. As you, I don't know if you know, but I'm uh, definitely afraid of, of needles. or uh, oh, just, okay. It's a phobia of mine. All right. So what point is a doctor going to be? I mean, and, and I know it doesn't have to be a doctor that specifically has to inject anybody. but you know. Well, and the converse of that is are that I have trust issues, mm-hmm. so I have to watch them put the needle in my arm. Well, then, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think we're on the same boat. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. But I went with the path that I thought... Okay, this is what's expected of me. Yeah. Which was, all right, oh, well, I'll become a lawyer. 
uh, uh-huh. by 25 I can graduate or before then uh, start a good practice have some kids by 30 and be I think I put 27 I was married which was yeah. funny because I think that was, that's the, mar- the age I was when I married Gina yeah but um, it was it was kind of cookie sh- cookie cutter in a sense you know now that changed as time went on um, I still <laughs> It's tough because when you have so many likes, so many things that you wouldn't mind putting your hands to and giving it a shot to, uh, you know, it makes you scatterbrained. And and I think that was what I lacked was a sense of definite direction. Right. You know, unfortunately, being a, a renaissance man doesn't really work with that many different uh, careers, you know. Right. Uh, be it law, or law enforcement or doctor or lawyer or journalism which was eventually what I went to school for right um, but that was then uh, you know a very I th- and I told this to Gina too I think one of the the definitive things I wanted was to get married right which is kind of odd I know I mean that's more like a expected of a girl or female you know it's like oh I, I'm looking forward to getting married yeah yeah and uh, for a guy to say that I guess maybe it's a slight bit odd but I was maybe I, that's what I was looking for you know? right okay well alright so let's follow that up with this question which is uh oh um are you in life where you would have expected at this point uh I could say no well I that's a 50-50 shot I God called me into the ministry at the age of nine uh, at an Assembly of God church, and I wasn't paying attention like any kid in church, but uh, I wasn't paying attention, but I was listening just enough to hear um, the sermon, which is about Jonah and the whale, and, uh, you know, for some reason, I was like, ah, I would never want to be a minister because you wouldn't have a nice house, and you wouldn't have a nice car, and you wouldn't have things, and I was... uh, raised lower middle class at that point so I wanted the Lamborghini the mansion I mean the most extreme things what what age was this if you don't oh I was nine years old oh okay all right so yeah yeah fairly young. yeah so uh and I just knew at that moment that God was calling me into the ministry just because how I felt and you know Christians feel that Holy Spirit tingle but I kind of I, I didn't really know much about God but I knew in my you know, infinite wisdom of nine years old that <laughs> that was what God was calling me to do. And I said, no, because I, I don't want to do that. Specifically and, to ministry. Yeah, to ministry. I wanted to do other things. And at that point, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I know I didn't want to be a preacher or a minister or whatever you call mm-hmm. it. So, um, you know, when I graduated high school, I said, my fifth car is going to be a Lamborghini, having no idea how I was going to get there. I just knew I wanted a Lamborghini, and I think I just saw one of the pictures and picked that car because it was the most extreme. And and even like working at SeaWorld with killer whales, it was the most extreme. And so mm-hmm. I think I've, uh, if there was any point where I would have ever been threatened to settle, I don't think I've done it because I've always shot for the most extreme, you know? Mm-hmm. And so where I'm at now, I retired from SeaWorld after 15 years, and I'm doing ministry uh, and I think you, I think it's where I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. but it's not where I pictured myself. I think more, I could say it that way. Be, because of 
your willingness to go try things out or whatever. Yeah. Does that mean you were more of a risk taker then? I, I, mean, I was a. That's it. I mean, that's kind of an extreme term to use too, but. No, I just I I don't know that I was a risk risk taker. I just wanted to get the hell out of the house because my mom kind of kept me in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother was the wild child, and so anything after that, where they saw me even bat an eye at risk or something crazy, they just kind of kept an eye on me and mm-hmm. kept me in the house. My mom kept me close, and so by the time I was able to get outside the house and do things. I wanted to see the world, and I didn't care how I got there or when I went. I was going, you know. Um, I, I guess I'm. I could answering the question from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I can definitely say it's uh, probably not where I pictured. I mean, yeah. Like I said, it, this this idea of where you would be at thirty, etc., has changed over time. From more idealistic to more realistic to etc. But um, well, and I think thirty seemed like a, a long ways off when right. you're nineteen or when you're sixteen. I know I, I turned forty-six in a couple of months, and like that, like I thought about it, that's close to fifty, which means you've been roaming around for fifty years mm-hmm. trying to get your crap together, you know. So. Well, and it's and I guess it's um, it's not really a specific timeline either because it doesn't yeah. work for everybody. That no. specific oh by thirty we should all have been here. Right. I mean I think for the vast majority it doesn't work out that way. Not at all. I mean that's why people work at Walmart and and Walgreens and McDonald's and they fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. And and I can't tell you how many times, knowing my story, like I came from Oklahoma. Uh, never had anybody to encourage me to be a marine biologist or to train dolphins or whatever. And people come through, would come through the line all the time and say, mm-hmm. oh, I really wanted to do that when I was a kid. And I'm like, it was impossible for me to get here, but I did. Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't you do it? And I just, you know, I think people settle for whatever reason, you know. Right. And it's not always a bad thing. No, oh, no, no, you no. Know. Yeah, I can, I, can, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, look, when, when I got to... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say right around uh, eighth, ninth grade. You know, anytime before then, I, I always like to write short stories, stupid right. stories. I mean, I, I was heavily influenced by uh, like R.L. Stein. I used to like the horror genre and and anything else I could get my hands on. But the uh, the point is that I uh, I didn't realize I could or I wanted to make a living out of that. I didn't want to try to make a living out of that. I just enjoyed it. Okay, I'm going to sit down and do it as a hobby. Oh, okay. So yeah. high school comes around senior year, and I met a, a uh, an English professor, and he was very uh, very good for me because he was a, a good influence, and he pushed me to you know take different ideas on how to achieve the writing gig, right? And he says, well, you know, you're not going to write novels nobody breaks into writing novels but you know look at different things you can do in writing whether that's even writing something as simple as the uh, you know the manuals on electronics you buy uh, to writing for a newspaper or yeah. doing that mm-hmm. and you know growing up the way I did it's like oh yeah yeah you know uh, I can be like Clark Kent or I can be like you know any Peter Parker or Vic Sage or any one of the journalists in the comic books and yeah that would be neat 
I feel I would feel like I'm giving back to uh, the community by my service. So I, I signed up for journalism and I started doing that and I got to do it at the collegiate level for an actual paper for, for the school I went to and it was uh, it was kind of heartbreaking in the sense that you realize that it's not worthwhile. Not just monetarily wise, not just uh, you know from from the perspective of do I want to do this for the rest of my life, but just it was a lot of compromise, and uh, I I just I it's the same reason why I had trouble later on with the idea of law, and you don't have to compromise yourself, but it's just you get put into these situations where you you get tested, and I'm not going to say I'm going to fail the test, but Man, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. It's more pressure than I wanted. And the more the older I get, the more I realize that my reaction to pressure is I can handle it. I know how to dissuade it. I know how to... Or not dissuade it. I know how to spread it out. Okay? If I get... Right. If, if, if stress and... Like pressure management, and pressure I guess. is a big clump of peanut butter on a slice of bread, I know how to spread it out. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? So it can be experienced evenly and not all at once. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna eat it. It doesn't, you know. I'm, uh, I'm sorry to make it so I'm to like, illustrate it so so specifically, but it's just it's it's the way I I'd, I'd rather you know work it out where I can right. Spread it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my perspective on that. On you know what what level of that did I live to? You know, to to the vision that I had. Uh, for the next question, so how close or far are you from, which we kind of answered in a way, but from that vision yeah. you initially had? Well, I, I'm at this point, as far as my vision for what I wanted to do, I wanted to, I wanted to train every ma- marine mammal in the care of man, mm-hmm. you know, in captivity. That was, SeaWorld had all these, all these little verbal things you had to say, like care of man instead of captivity, mm-hmm. so it didn't sound too bad, but... Um, I wanted to train every whale. I wanted to train every dolphin that man had ever brought in into zoos or anything like that. And that was originally my goal. And so when I first got the job, uh, I didn't realize there was at SeaWorld there was a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. A lot of people that would get you know. Uh, put ahead of you, and there was a lot of politics, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So Politi- Politics. Employee politics? Yeah, employee the, politics. The, the nature of having animals in captivity? No, employee politics. Oh, okay, like, right. you you know, if somebody was uh, better friends with the boss than you or, or whatever, there were just so many, I always said, I didn't find this in the brochure, you know? Mm-hmm. There were so many things that I never expected because... This was a job I worked my whole life to get to, and everybody was supposed to be happy, and everybody was supposed to have worked as hard as I did to get there, and everybody was just supposed to be the best of friends, and it was going to be an amazing experience, and it didn't turn out that way. And, you know, when I, when I first swam with the killer whale, I think it was 2002 or three, um, that was the realization of my dream, and at that point, everything else was work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... I'd say now, you know, when I ended up leaving the company, it was because I wanted to go into ministry and because there was a lot of politics, and I just finally said no. You know, I won't continue to be a part of these silly politics that 
at the end of the day, they're not making anybody's lives better. They're just making sure the boss feels secure about herself, you know. Mm-hmm. And so as far as for me, I'm far away from the vision of where I thought I would be and far away from the dream that I had for my life. But what I feel like God is telling me now is like, I get a second chance to do something else. I've already mm-hmm. lived one lifetime doing the marine mammal thing, and now I have an opportunity to, to do something else, a second career. Right, in essence, you, you, know? got, you got two chances. Yeah. Right? Yeah, chance? so that's – what about you? Like, how close are you from your vision? Or or do you even care? You know, well, is, uh, is your new vision better? Um, we we kind of talked about this yeah. the other night, and, and – Obviously, I talk about it a lot with my wife, but right. um, I've learned to, to be happy where I'm at. Does that mean I'm in the happiest state I could be? No. Does that mean that I wish it would be better? Sure. Who doesn't? But if this is the place that I'm at for this particular season, if this season happens to last to my lot dying breath, you know, I'm going to be content in it. And I don't, I don't want that to sound like I'm throwing in the towel, but I just, I don't know. I, There's a difference between contentedness and settling, I think. Mm-hmm. Settling in the negative context. Well, I mean, there's things that I, that I gather um, a sense of, of achievement from. Right. You know, and I think as long as you have that, you've got something that you can actually grasp onto and, and look at and say, okay, I've done it. Um I wish there was more I could do, sure. I mean, I, I work in the, in a dry cleaning business. I do customer service all day long, which is about the last thing I would have wanted to do. Because, right. I mean, it's not that I dislike people, but I dislike the humanity in people. And I'm, I'm in touch with that emotion. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, I, and I always tell my wife, well, it's an interesting place for the way I view it got to put me because it's teaching me grace. It's teaching me how to give grace. And, you know, just the other day, um, it's funny because it, we went to the MegaCon this year, 2017 MegaCon. Oh, yeah, I went too, yeah. And somebody was at the convention. I don't think maybe on that specific Saturday, but somebody was at the convention, and she and her boyfriend had dropped off a uh, address to get clean that she wanted to wear for the event. And the dress wasn't there when she went to pick it up. Thursday, I think this was. We had it for the same day. Um, she could have used for the next day or whatever. But they came back maybe Monday or Tuesday. No, Tuesday. And and they were pretty upset about it. And meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you, you, you made through with it. You know, obviously... You got through it. You 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 weren't in such a rush to come get it, but you want to be a pain in the butt to me right now, you know. And and I understand your emotion, but I'm trying to give you a discount here. Work with me, you know. Right. But they weren't willing to. And my more immediate reaction was to react, you know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I and I wanted to, and it takes some restraint to well, you know, being customer service and. <laughs> And what it is, you have to you have to hold back. But man, golly, if I didn't want to, you know, smack somebody around. But um, yeah, that was a the thing at SeaWorld 
when when you'd ha- be having a bad day, you could always go out and hang out with the animals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing I miss is now when I have a bad day, you just have to stay in that moment <laughs> until you recover from it or figure a way out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I... I took it as... Confession time. I took it a, a step further. Uh-oh. Here okay. we go. I was this now way. it's about to get real, people. No, no, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm sorry if this makes me sound odd and, and whatever. I don't know. But if you can draw some sort of uh, solidarity from it, then then power to you. But yeah, yeah. I got so mad that I I, I, I I looked this person up, not for any nefarious reason. Yeah, yeah. But just, just, oh, let me, show me that you're a bad person so I can be upset at you further. Right. And And I didn't find that. I found somebody who is actively working and also putting a lot of effort into a uh, musical career, into doing... (laughs) That's going to happen a lot, folks. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Somebody who wanted to go go and and, and do something with their lives that it wasn't what they were doing now. And I felt a bit of pity at that moment you know right and and i said you know oh it helped me humanize the person that's always good okay yeah and and i and i and i you know just because it's my particular belief i prayed for the person and and set it away here we go you know no more no more uh anger about it well i'm still a little bit angry about it but you know i can't help it. but it was diffused yeah yeah exactly um. So yeah, what, what I mean, vision. What, what were we talking about? Am I, am I where, I envisioned? I'm. Ha- I have a. I'm happily married. I have a a very open, honest relationship with my wife. I. Open and honest in the Christian sense, not the other sense. No open relationship. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You gotta be careful now. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, okay. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, we we just we have a lot of trust with each other, right? And I and I value that infinitely. I have a you know I have a roof over my head. I can go out and go get a cheeseburger right now if I want to. I can you know I've got two cats that I can take care of. I don't have any children. I don't plan on having any children. But oh, yeah. sad day. Yeah. Sorry. No. <laughs> well, and and okay, as you're saying all that, like, like the dream for me. Like I don't want the Lamborghini anymore mm-hmm. because I I understand everything that comes with it and all the all the responsibilities and stuff. And as far as the house, it's like when you're saying I have a roof over my head. I think there's some people that want the five million dollar roof over their head, and then you spend all your time working or whatever. Or if you maybe you're just independently wealthy, but you spend your money on that five million dollar house, and then you know my house is like. 200,000 and it serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to I'm not going to take it with me when I go and I don't take it with me to the mall and I don't brag about it to people. It serves a purpose. It's a gathering place for people. We have conferences there. We, you know, if somebody wants to come to Orlando that's a friend of mine that I know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh they can stay at the house, but it's like it doesn't become and I don't want to say this in a sense my god, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it's not the motivation for my life. It's not the reason I go out and get money. Right. You know, they, 
I I have a friend that uh, God told me to buy him a plane ticket and have him come to Orlando. And that to me is, that is more important of, yeah, I could have this thing over here or I could enrich somebody else's life. And while they're here, you're interacting with them. You're building something that's more than a roof or, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with having things. Right. I just think when the things have you, that's, you never have a chance to settle because something's always owning you. you right, know? you don't you don't own a house, you have a home. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's good. Um again, we've kind of touched on this, but is a ha- is a happy medium achievable for either one of us? I well, I thought about this today. Yeah. I would say yes, it just depends on how high your goals are or how high your expectations are and what your goals really are. Well, not in a general sense. I mean, what would you call your ha- your happy medium? I'd say my happy medium is dog sitting for people. <laughs> because I get to hang out with the animals. Mm-hmm. I get to vacation in somebody else's house. And then I get to leave the animals behind. And I go home to my house that's clean and doesn't have dog hair and, and vomit and spit everywhere. You know, dog saliva. What um, about cat sitting? Oh, God, no. I, I don't want to. I don't. Let's not talk about cats. I know. I'm not going to are Cats are the only creature that God didn't create. Right. Anyway, um, that and mosquitoes. They came after the fall. Uh, I would sit for a cat. Yeah, as long as it's in a cage mm-hmm. or stuffed. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to turn into a cat lover yet. Um, for, uh, for, for me, I guess it yeah. would be the m- risks. Not risks. Because they're not risks at all, but finally taking chances on on certain things. Yes, and we talked about this also yep. recently, and and you know the things that you tell yourself, well, why waste time doing that? Or yeah, you know what's the use if you're not going to get published? And and I and I got to actually share that yeah. with somebody recently that yeah, um, it's kind of okay to be selfish, in the sense that. The achievement, you're not doing it for the approval of others. You're doing it for your own um, mental health. Right. So that you can say, at least I gave it a shot. Or at least I didn't, you know, stay locked up in a room and I never went out and, and gave it a try, you know. And uh, and I've been doing that a little bit more with, you know, not just writing, but even this, even just the podcasting thing. You know, it... Uh, the struggle that we went through today to try to just get these stinking mics to go through. Oh, I know. I sat here and watched you sweat it out. I was getting tired just watching. Yeah, it's just... Oh. <laughs> the older I get, the more I realize, oh, man, technology's... I'm not catching up to technology. Oh, no, I'm not either. And I'm I not could, even that old. It's just. It's I could work a VCR like nobody's business. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when it comes to Blu-ray. But, I, you know, it, what you said sparked something in my memory. I wrote a poem once... I'm a writer, and I wrote a poem once, and then I thought, this is the biggest piece of crap that I've ever written. I think I I thought it was like what was, it was like a, uh, it was the piece of writing that you do just to get started, mm-hmm. just to get the machine started in your brain, and so I, but I never throw anything away, and so I kept this, and nobody's ever read it, and then 20 years later, uh, I had a situation with my dad, and 
now that I'm a Christian and now that I'm walking with God, God said, remember that poem that you wrote that you thought was horrible and mm -hmm. nobody's ever read it? He said, go pull it out. And it actually was God prophesying into my future. And so that one piece was good for nobody else but me. And I, I've seen God do that through my writing is that God bears witness of himself through my own hand. So if I ever got to a point where I'm like, I don't believe in God, I'm this, I'm angry. God says, go back and look at your writing mm -hmm. and you'll prove to yourself, you know. So that writing, this is the other thing, like when you said, you know, it, what's the use if it doesn't get published? But I'm, I'm at a, I inherited a big ministry mm -hmm. and I've been questioning myself why did I inherit this ministry? Is it so that I now get a full-time paycheck or is it this or is it that? And I kept thinking all these things about myself. Mm -hmm. And then God came to me last night and, and just, you know, he didn't like show up in the room, but he kind of expressed this thought. He said, what if it's so that you can mentor at least one person? Mm -hmm. And what if it's only for that? And I was like, okay, I am selfish, <laughs> you know? So Well, yeah, I guess that's the two extremes to the selfish thought yeah. that I had earlier about, well, it's okay to do it for yourself and, but, yeah. you know, well, and, and at the you end never know the, who you're going to affect. You don't. Yeah. And you, you never know, like I was talking to a kid today about sometimes you're given a key that unlocks a gate, but you're never given them both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at this key and you think, oh, this is useless, what am I supposed to do with this? But if you save that quote unquote key, Later on, you'll figure out what it opens. But we have to be patient, you know? I didn't magically go from 14 years old to 28 years old and being at SeaWorld. Mm -hmm. I had to scrub a lot of animal crap. I, I cleaned flamingo pools. I worked with macaws. I worked with penguins, which are the worst animal in the world to work with right, until I got... Yeah, but I didn't get to work with killer whales right away. And some of these skinny heifers that show up at SeaWorld... You know, they're fresh out of college and they're carved out of cream cheese and they've got perfect teeth and they're, you know, they're right, the right proportion and they jump in the pool and think they're going to swim with Shamu the next day and that just doesn't happen, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I'm not old, but like age has given me that, that seasoned thought of patience in some ways and the willingness to wait because mm -hmm. God doesn't act fast. He doesn't have to, you know. He do He owes us nothing, um, but yet he still. Every day he fulfills a dream for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in the littlest things. Uh, there, there are times that God just surprises me with things that I didn't even know that I needed, you know. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's good. That's you know, getting the little, the little dreams achieved. Yeah. Or just it, it doesn't make them little. It just means. You know, sometimes the, there's more value in those than, than anything else. Let's play what if for a moment. Okay. All right. What All right. is that? Well, <laughs> I don't have any money. I always call it what if. What if is is uh oh what if uh, and I'm sorry. You know, this is heavily what influences me at times. Yeah. Go ahead. It's a comic book series that Marvel does, and it asks what if such and such happened. You know, uh, uh, Daredevil wasn't blind. Stuff who's, like that. Who's Daredevil? The the superhero. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. All right. It it but it's a it, it takes a one issue and it shows you what would have happened if things went a little different. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're gonna play what if. 
Oh, knowing yes. ourselves, knowing what's happened. Okay. What would have happened if you would have achieved that original goal, dream, vision, to the max, to the fullest? And and would it have dramatically changed you? I mean, and, and again, you know, you've kind of, you did, because you got to... Yeah, but to the max was a good phrase to throw in there because mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of times that fear fear motivated me at SeaWorld a lot of times. And it wasn't fear of the animals. It was the, the fear of drowning or the fear of breaking an eardrum or the fear of, of looking stupid, mm-hmm. you know, in front of an audience or whatever. And so I think there were days that I just did what I was good at. And I think there were days that I tried to push the envelope, and then there were days that they pushed the envelope for me, you know. But you, you mean? Well, like there was a there was one portion of the show at SeaWorld that I had to dive off a 15 foot platform into mm-hmm. the water, and I pooped my pants every time I jump <laughs> off that board because it's like, what the heck am I doing? Mm-hmm. But there's 3,000 people watching you, and you have to try to look graceful, and you know that. I would get through the whole show and I'd step on the first step and my entire body would lock up and I would have to go through with it. And so, uh, you know, some, some mentors of mine said, if you're afraid to do something, do it afraid. And I'm like, for four years, I did that show afraid, but I did it Mm -hmm. and I was semi good at it. I didn't suck, you know, but I think for me, if I would have done that dream and that goal to the max, um, it could have ended a lot of different ways. There were people at SeaWorld that um, had to have their sinuses operated on because of all the times they'd been to the bottom of Shamu Stadium, which was 36 feet deep, 54 degrees. Mm-hmm. And there were people that had hurt backs. For, uh, there were people that had broken bones because you're working with gigantic animals. That's all during the... During the shows. The, well, with the... the with the killer, killer whales, whales right? Yeah. So if... I think... I think the thing that comes to me the most is if I had stayed at SeaWorld and done it to the max, I would have had an amazing life, mm-hmm. but I would have accomplished nothing eternally. Mm. You know, I would have had a, the best life ever, but I wouldn't have done what God had called me to do. So uh, that's the what if for me. I mean, it would have been a great life. It would mm-hmm. have been amazing and fun and, you know, but that goes to the point that I have huge reserves of fear in my life even now and they're just it's a daily walk with God to just try to defeat fear you know mm-hmm. so what about you um maybe it's just the the pessimist in me but I immediately go to negative thoughts you know oh how it would have ended up bad yeah yeah for, okay so if that's where you would go let's Let's put you on the spot like you did with me in the mm-hmm. what if question. Let's go positive. Just stretch out of your boat first. Stretch out of your box for a second, and so I'll let you go negative, but go positive first. Okay. Let's let's go with. Um, let's go with with the. What I think would be the most unlikely one. Yeah. Which was if if I would have continued with the writing <coughs> career journalism etc and uh and let's say i would have been pointed in that direction earlier okay so i would develop my writing better you know longer uh would have understood all the the doings better every step of the way and um i would have jumped into that lifestyle 
I, I know I would have wanted to do something more specific, specific outside of news, just, you know, world news, local news, etc. And, and I, and I like the idea of going to work for a more specific magazine in the interest that I like, but, um, traveling, I think, I, I think, and, I, and that's not something that I would, that I do very often, it's, and in fact, it's one of those things that's being called out of me the longer I go, and especially married, because I'm more of, you know, uh, okay, you know, I like, you, you ever, you ever seen about cats, and, and I know you don't like cats, but you, do you know how cats operate when they're street cats, and they normally stay within a certain um, oh, area? Yeah, territory. Right, and yeah. I think that's true of most animals. Right. But in that sense, I fit into that category. Ah. Uh, I like I like my boundaries, my my fence. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay. And um, I think had I gone further with with the journalism or the writing, it would have propelled me or pushed me to travel outside and uh, and gain more experiences because I, I like to learn. I do like to to gain new uh, new you know new life. Um, experiences to, to take with to influence my writing or to teach or whatever and I think that's the the, the the positive outlook of it okay now the negative outlook which I which I've given thought to before is let's say I would have gone the, the way of law mm-hmm. you know and I and I I mean it sucks because you know I, I don't want anybody to think that okay all lawyers are bad and that's why you're picking the bad side for yeah. you know, for law but um, no I'm, I can be pretty devoted to work I like working I get depressed when I don't work you get what I get depressed when you don't go to work mm-hmm. all right it's a manic depressive kind of thing oh, okay and and you know I get I get a, a, a poked fun at for it because when I go on vacation after the you know five days or so it's like alright I'm getting a little stir crazy I gotta go do something you know and good quality right but again all extremes are bad yeah yeah there's I, a balance mm-hmm. and I think I would have pushed myself into that work it's a very demanding job practicing law I would have probably tried to still be you know somewhat uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, idealistic and, and gone the route of, you know, PD, public defender, or whatever, and, and got him to start that way, because, you know, I, as much as I don't like people sometimes, I still love people. And pushing myself so much harder, not sleeping, etc., I can see myself finally giving in to my more uh, negative nature, which is, I, I know I suffer from it, is that I can get uh, addicted very easily. Right. I know I have an addictive personality because I've seen it. Uh, you know, whether it's something as simple as a game I can play, or cards, or collecting, or learning something new, or uh, being obsessive about it, right? I know I get that way. And I think it's a dangerous cocktail. And I, I can see myself, you know, I don't drink now, not as a moral choice, but just I, I don't want to. Proactive. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to even entertain the thought. You know, right. I'd rather. I'd rather give into that nature in healthier ways, and not that drinking is bad. It's just 
<laughs> you know, it sucks. It sucks to go into the. It's funny because you mentioned it earlier. I had some coffee before we started because I was starting to get tired, and you said, "Oh, put some Bailey's on that sucker." Yeah. Oh yeah. So it even out how he feels with coffee. Right. So if you get hyper with coffee, some Bailey's would bring you down. So you meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Well, a little middle ground. And the good Baptist would say, "Just don't do anything." Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It, but and I guess that's where I'm at. Is, <laughs> it, but you know, it it sucks to look at that and think to myself. And I've been going through it more recently. I don't know if it's just a period that I'm going through or what, but it's just like, it's calling to me, you know. Um, I don't know if it's alcohol specifically, but right. it's like, well, maybe, why not? You know, it can't hurt. You know, it, might, it might be a big brownie. <laughs> I hear big brownies calling my name. That might be why I'm a, no, little, no, a little overweight. That's one of the. That's one of the things that I give into in my addiction ah it's sugar yeah um, amen yeah <laughs> but but yeah imagine, you know I could just that's the negative thing I think yeah, yeah. I think I would fall into my my more dangerous demons quote yeah. unquote well I and, and I will tell you this like in in one of my more depressive states knowing God is able to do anything uh, and I haven't told this to a lot of people because Anyway, most Christians will look at me like I was crazy, and other people, I don't know why the, how they would feel, but there was a point where I was like back in my hometown in Oklahoma, which is roughly eight to 900 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of going downhill, but uh, I was having that moment of being home, being depressed about being home, and I just I went on a walk, and I prayed that if God if it was possible that I could go back and do life over again, you mm-hmm. know, go back to an age and, and start all over again because where I was at now was just way too hard mm-hmm. and it was way too depressive. And, and I've never believed, you know, never believed in like suicide and things like that. I, I've definitely been tempted mm-hmm. by those things. And, but it was that moment of, I don't want to go one more moment feeling the way that I feel. So God, if you'll just, rewind the clock I just want to go back and start over mm-hmm. you know and and like I, I talk to God honestly um, I tell him what's in my brain anyway because he's already in there and I think most Christians if they heard some of the things that I told to God they would have me kicked out of the church but I don't care because <laughs> I don't talk to them I, I talk to real people <laughs> um, but you know that it was that moment of I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. Like today is probably the worst day. You know, this was what I was feeling back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could just honestly talk to God in that moment because if I can express that moment, then I can then deal with my day because I know that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But so what do we do next? But I have to say what's the number one thing on my mind, you know? Um, so I don't know why I went there, but. <laughs> well, no, I mean, is that. Is that brought on by where you find yourself? It not, I mean, and that's, yeah. that's kind of a broad term, but well, yeah. Cause, oh, what I the reason I said it because there were times like I struggled with my I struggled with my sexuality. I I was exposed to pornography and um, sexual abuse at the age of six, and so um, my whole life I've struggled with where was God? You know, mm-hmm. why did God allow this or that? And so I struggled with my sexuality up until I was like 27, and it was really the desire to 
train Shamu that kind of brought me back mm-hmm. to the Christian circles, you know, and, and I guess when I was 27, I kind of walked away from my gay life and I walked away from Christians and I didn't want to hear from anybody cause I'd heard too much from both sides mm-hmm. and I had, I was no closer to making the right decision, you know? So I think at that moment, like when I just, sur- I, I think that's the other word that we haven't, there's a, there's a settling mm-hmm. and then there's a surrender. And if you're surrendering to something that's worth while, mm-hmm. surrendering is laying down all your efforts to start um, down a new path that will render, you know, product later on. So at 27, when I walked away from my whole life, um, you know, I was surrendering to God and surrendering everything I had ever tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but things didn't immediately get better. It, it took some time and it took some time to shrug off everything I'd ever believed, everything I'd ever told myself that was going to work or whatever, every scheme. And I just got honest with God and, and, and instead of trying to impress God and instead of trying to impress Christians or instead of trying to be gay, like my gay friend said that I should be because I should be true to myself, quote unquote. Um, it just started having real open, honest conversations with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I had 200 people that I used to write a newsletter to. And I wrote a very honest letter to all of them. And about seven people really got it. So it really, like being honest with where you're at, sometimes weeds out your friend base, you know, and it weeds right. out the people around you. Because like you said earlier, you like you were an escapist. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us... I think a lot of people around the world live in that mentality of escaping the pain, you know, and I just was like, I'm tired of being in pain. There's got to be a way not to, not to live in pain. There's Mm got to be a way not to, to be steeped in it every day. And that's when I sought God out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's, that's kind of where your path is taking, taking, taking you. Yeah. Which is, and one of those things that I've always admired about you because despite despite the challenges that you face with what I think is 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 your very specific dream or not dream but mission mission yeah yeah is that you're very uncompromising about it and that is despite and and I and you know I just want to reiterate that This isn't a message of of um, hate or disapproval. Not at all. No, no. no. It's just it's your personal calling, and right. you've you've taken it up and and you've made it. Um, you you've made you've made it your dream because I've I mean I've seen it whether you know whether that's whether you can recognize it or not. You've taken this up as um, a commission right and uh, and your uncom- uncompromising nature I think comes from all those life ex- life experiences when you've achieved a dream of a different nature and then the dream that you have now or the purpose that you have now right and uh, and you know I think that's a good thing to achieve that's a good thing to find. You know, you're, like you said, you're not by any measure old. 
but this keeps you even younger is the fact that where you're at you have you have what you have which is you know a challenge but something you're fervent about something you're not willing to give up on right well and and to go back on what you i i realized i just felt like the holy spirit shared this with me when i was at sea world my dream was defined by a hundred by two hundred by thirty six foot pool mm-hmm. and now my dream is defined by the world and where God leads mm-hmm. and it's not defined by this barrier that you this boundary that you see in front of you like God took the boundary away, and my life is defined by wherever he leads All right it's just you the, know the, the street cat mentality of yeah this is my my area yeah i'm I'm just i'm the cat that goes all over yeah i just call myself a cat sad day all right (laughs) let's let's uh let's close it out with this last question which is oh gosh is it more just last one okay yeah is it uh how did i phrase this uh is it fundamentally right from a faith perspective to settle I, I thought I I read this right as I was coming in the door, and I I honestly think it's what your view of settling is. If God's got a dream and a goal for you, it's the right right thing to do, and you'll settle there. Mm-hmm. But if God's got a dream and a goal for you, and you have your eyes set on something else, you'll consider it settling. Because mm-hmm. I know I did. You know, like I I worked at Sea Lion. Most of my career, ten years, I worked with sea lions, and that was the, the at Sea World. Yeah, the uh, the pirate show at Sea World. Right. So I worked in that show for ten years, and I was mad every day because my friend Joe came in. He was obviously built like a brick outhouse, and he worked out every second of every day. And I think he ate granola and cardboard, and uh, he had perfect hair. And uh, they put him at Shamu Stadium, mm-hmm. and here I am, you know, fat pudgy little fella. And I got put at Sea Lion, where there was it was a comedy show, and then Shamu is this big glamorous water ballet, you know. And my friend Caroline told me one day I was complaining about not being at Shamu, and she said they didn't put you at Sea Lion because you were bad at Shamu. They put you at Sea Lion because you were good at Sea Lion. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had missed it. Mm-hmm. completely missed it because I had my eyes set on something else and so I think that's the best way I can describe it you know right yeah it's not a it's not a, a, a any or one size fits all for yeah everybody. yeah well and this if you consider that you're settling you'll miss what God has for you mm-hmm. because I, I believe this. If you're if you follow the dream and the goal for what God has for you, it's going to fit with how you're built, and you're going to have you're going to life's going to be tough because mm-hmm. it always is if you're a Christian or not. But you will be able to meet the demands and challenges of a life fulfilled by God. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll I'll just ask this last thing, which is I well, you got to ask great. yourself a question. You didn't even answer that. Oh one. no no yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll answer it with the same thing okay, that I was good. about to say, which is there there can be happiness in settling. Yes, agreed. If you find that's your happy place, that's where if you're if you're comfortable. Well, 
I mean, there's a lot of people that challenge that notion of comfortable, and, and they don't like the idea of anybody being too comfortable. But if you're happy, and you know what, clap your hands. No, if you're happy, <laughs> if you're happy where you're at, and you're still being productive, can we say at peace? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's comfortable, and then there's at peace. You right. know. And then, then I think it's fine. I think it's okay. Right. I look at it like this. Life is kind of like a trip to Europe. Mm-hmm. You you fly over to Europe and you can go to all these different countries. And I've been to Italy, Spain, and France, and and so it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to experience some aspect of Europe. Mm-hmm. So whether you go to France or whether you go to Spain or whether you go to Italy, you will come back talking about your trip to Europe. So there's those are just the three countries I've been to. So you still did something laterally while you were over there. No no one trip is better than the other. And I, and I think that's when you find yourself someplace, if you're doing what God has called you to do, mm-hmm. you will have the most amazing time, whether you are a sous chef at Disney chopping vegetables or whether you're an astronaut taking one of NASA's fictional missions to the moon. You know, oh, and oh, so it's basically you will experience whatever joy and contentment you let yourself experience at whatever level you're at. Mm -hmm. There were people, my mom was happy baking in the kitchen just for our family, but Mm -hmm. there are people that need to bake on the international level, you know, but it's like settling sometimes I think is being contented with what God has for you at that season and, and having expectations for more, but placing your hope in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't afford it better. That's, that's a good way to put it. Well, we hope uh, we hope we spark some 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 thinking in you, some uh, inspiration. Even if uh, you know you have to look at your life and, and wonder where you're at, and have you settled, and have you given up on a dream, or or was that right? Was that a right decision? Um, but if you'd like to reach us, we will have our Facebook page up and running. We are podcast sheep, uh, wolf sheep. <laughs> I keep wanting to call it sheep wolf, but if it's wolf sheep, <laughs> don't just don't call it she wolf. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to reach uh, me uh, and you want to send me an email or or let me know what you think, you can email me at the number four four c s lewis l u i s at gmail dot com. Matthew, if anybody wants to reach you, if you want to be reached, I'm uh, sorry. yeah, don't call me heifers. I ain't got time for you. Yeah. Um, no, I guess let's see. You want what do you want? Email? Or an Facebook? email or yeah. Oh, you can reach me at I have questions at AOL dot com. Don't judge me because I still have AOL. But it's <laughs> Gina I, actually asked me about I that have earlier. questions yeah. at AOL dot com. Okay, cool. Well, we'll bring you another topic in the future. And uh yeah, this is <laughs> I, I Wolf, was sheep. Say Wolf, Wolf sheep. sheep. Wolf sheep. Wolf sheep. <laughs>